Hello and welcome to episode 29 of ND Inspo, where our mission is to connect, grow, and inspire naturopathic doctors and students from all over. My name is Dr. Kirsten DeWitt, and today I have with me Dr. Nicholas Morgan. Dr. Nicholas is a naturopathic doctor and founder of the Center for Integrative Wellness. He has been practicing in a pre-licensed state for almost a decade now, and he had three years experience of also doing a residency in a pre-licensed state. And so today he's going to be sharing all things practice building in a pre-licensed state, what his experience has been like, and what principles and tools he's used to help build good client relationships and to manage those relationships. And so I'm really excited to share this episode with you all. I took a bunch of notes and so I hope you all get as much out of it as I did. Hello and welcome to ND Inspo, where our mission is to connect, grow, and inspire naturopathic doctors and students from all over. My name is Dr. Kirsten DeWitt, and today I have with me Dr. Nicholas Morgan. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Nicholas. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you for a couple of reasons, many reasons, of course, but um, because you are in a pre-licensed state. And I think there's so many questions about, you know, how do we practice in a pre-licensed state? What does that look like? What are our options? But also because you have a great idea for email marketing and how we can just build those relationships while in a pre-licensed state and kind of the importance of that. But before we get going and diving into those areas, I always love to get a little bit of background information and just kind of hear your story and, you know, what brought you to naturopathic medicine? Um, so I, growing up, I kind of knew at an early age, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, I used to watch um, TV shows, you know, Do- Doobie Howser, MD, um, <laughs> and I, and I kind of had an idea of, of what medicine, um, how I wanted to practice, uh, and as I got older, I, I realized that that was not necessarily the case, just from my own interactions with physicians, um, and then just, you know, being older, you realize that there's insurance and uh, machine medicine. Um, mm. And so I, I became a social worker after school. I, I wanted to do more therapy. And I said, well, I can do therapy. I can still talk to people and help them out from that end. Um, so I started off as a, as a social worker doing case management with mentally ill adults. And I was um, looking to go back to school um, to do therapy. And I was constantly looking at medical stuff. I found myself every time a patient had a, anything, I was at home looking at um, looking it up, and so that the itch kind of never went away. Um, so while investigating grad schools, um, I read actually Dr. Pizzorno's book um, mm. on total wellness. I recall correctly, and I just remember reading it, and, and I said, "Man, this is this is exactly my approach." Um, that I would like to have. Where, where does this guy go to school? And um, and I flipped to the back cover and saw that he, I think at the time he wrote the book, he might have been the president at um, Bastyr. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I said, what the heck is this? You know, what is Bastyr? What is this place? 
what's a naturopath? I thought that you were <laughs> a doctor. Um, and so I looked up the profession and within about a month, I was at a, a, a I forgot the exact name, but American Academy of Nature Catholic Medical of physicians or of the oh of the naturopathic medical uh associate like yeah, yeah the, the college for the colleges they did, yeah they did, they did like a lunch and learn type thing which mm. so I, I drove i got in my car i drove five hours to chicago it, to get and i had to get here like it started at like eight or nine in the morning um and so I sat there and they had representatives from each school talk and present a case or two and just talk about the profession. And I applied, put my house on the market, left my job, it was, was in school. Wow. So that was a leap of faith, right? <laughs> you know, we used to always say it's a calling. And so mm-hmm. um, I talked to lots of students who get the calling, fairly mm-hmm. be ready for the business side of things. And so they, they, they head off, they, they sell their house, they leave their job, they get their education, and then afterwards they find out that they're a small business owner. And yes. <laughs> what was the, um, as far as, you know, did they have any business classes in naturopathic medical school when you went to school? So we did have... Um, I think maybe two classes, but it was more geared towards chiropractors. Okay, yep. <laughs> so we had two, two classes that were focused on getting, how to get a loan, you know, how to incorporate your business. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily things that were um, were helpful for naturopaths. And then there was a class we had on like, licensing um, that was more geared towards naturopaths. And that was helpful to under, just understand um, the do's and don'ts and, and, you know, understand what does it mean to not to be in an unlicensed state. So mm-hmm. that was, that was really helpful. And that's because you, you went to National University of Health Sciences, right? That's where, um, that's where I went as well. And so that, you know, there's a, there's a strong chiropractic, um, college there right so um yeah so I definitely understand that's kind of how my business classes there were as well um thankfully you know I found some mentors and such after the fact but but yes you graduate and then oh my goodness okay especially and I feel like that's especially true in a pre-licensed state uh, because there's just fewer clinics and you know um few opportunities to work with other practitioners, but also often because, um, you know, if you're moving to your hometown or something, you know, you're probably going to be starting up your own place. (laughs) Yes. So, so what has that journey been like? Because you also did, uh, you also did a residency after graduating. So can you tell us a little bit about what your journey has been like since graduating? Well, so I was a little odd um, <laughs> because I had a job and a house and kind of I started my career. Um, I sorry, that, that was the baby. Oh well, I have <laughs> noises on my end too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I actually as soon as I decided to to do this, I started looking at all the negative press um, mm. to see 
you know, if it was worth it and kind of navigate the politics of everything. And so before even starting school, I, I decided that clinical training might be a weakness of the profession. Um, and so I wanted to do a residency. I was like, day one, I was like, I'm doing a residency as soon as I finish mm-hmm. uh, to get more patient contact and just to expand my, my knowledge base. And so it, even this was like 2007, um, I had a list of residencies and every year uh, when new residency sites were listed, I always kept that higher information. Um, and so when I went to graduate, I realized that most of those um, people listed were no longer offering residencies. Uh. And they went back and called them anyway. Um, and I was, and I was um, grateful enough to, to call Dr. Carla Guggenheim, she's an osteopath and dancing rheumatologist. Um, so she has internal medicine training um, and, and had that license maintained as well as rheumatology. And, and so I just reached out out of the blue and said, hey, I saw you offered a residency five years ago, but you had a sense, you know, what happened? And she said, oh, my daughter uh, was in school. She's a naturopath and she was going to come do a residency with me. But she ended up getting married and staying out west. Um, and so she never offered it. And I said, hey, are you, are you up for it still? And so I ended up being her her first resident. That's how oh, wow. I found that opportunity. Oh, that's amazing! How was your experience with that? It was it was wonderful. I mean, I got to I got the patient counts that, that yeah. I you know, we saw about uh, twenty five people a day, um, and so that and that was just four days a week, so a hundred patients a week um, for for I stayed with her for almost three years. Actually. Wow. And so I was able to become more comfortable um, with different pathologies and seeing things and um, just seeing labs. I mean, mm. as, as, a, as, a, as a rheumatologist, uh, one of my jobs was every morning to, to, to come in. I used to come in like an hour before the practice opened and just looking at what was coming over across the facts. And, uh, mm. and that was like, you know, there's reports from dermatologists, reports from cardiologists, reports from, um, you know, endocrinologists and gastroenterologists. And, and so I'm just reading all these different reports every morning, um, seeing the lingo, um, seeing how, you know, how to treat, what the treatment plans are, um, and then labs on top of that. And so coming right. in mean, constantly. And so that for me was just a um, great learning experience. That's wonderful. Yeah. Side, and so I'm still still looking up things to see naturally, you know, lifestyle-wise, what can we do to support? um, You know, what thing? What 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 are contraindications for medications and and herbals? And yeah, it just was. You know, I got to relax and just learn um, Mm. another physician. Oh, that's great. That sounds like a wonderful experience. And so then, you know, after you did your three years, um, is that when you started to create your own practice or what, what has the journey been like since then? And so, I, so that, so that third year I, I incorporated my, my own business hmm. and started, I wanted to create a business that was not dependent upon, um, another, uh, you know, a medical doctor or an osteopath or someone else, mm-hmm. um, you know, build my own patient base and kind of work autonomously. Um, and so 
And so that that's a that's a slower route. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, but the beauty of naturopathic medicine is everyone gets to design how they want to practice. Mm. And some methods um, are are slow, but you know my patients um, choose me. And most of them are not referred from other um, healthcare practitioners. And I'm not um, I'm not like working in the building with a, a bunch of other doctors. It usually they, they usually are just you know they want to work with me. So mm. that's for me. It's always slow in the beginning, and and I had to. I didn't really have any mentors um, in the state. I did. A, I, I also did a residency um, with Christy Hughes. I don't know if you know that name or not. She Sounds familiar. A bunch of the medicine, and at that time, um, she was in metagenics as well. And so she was the naturopath that I spent time with. So during that during that time, with Dr. Guggenheim, I also spent about six months. Um, Dr. Hughes in Minnesota. Wow. Okay. So you got a lot of um, a lot of different experiences under your belt then. Yeah. She has a, a cash practice. Um, she's working as a metagenics. Um, I forgot her exact position, but she was a um, so she was like a dispensary for them. Um, and so I knew I did not want to keep inventory. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> my, one of my jobs there was the the thousands of dollars of supplements coming in every week and having to unbox them, inventory them, and then shelf them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I was just was like, I couldn't like that's you have to hire additional people just to manage, just to manage that. And you have to have you have to, to buy the space for your office. Yeah. I mean, we had like shelves and you know, I don't maybe about 500 square feet worth of just supplements. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so then how um, how did you end up kind of taking those experiences to create what you do today? So I, you know, one of the I had a, I had a classmate who was a chiropractor um, who was practicing, and then for 20 years he came back to get a naturopathic degree. And um, and she recommended a book called "Attracting the Perfect Patient." Mm-hmm. It was a nice book. It's an old book with a there's a peacock on the front. And so I've always kind of used that as my model of I, I I I present you know what I have to offer. And if you want to come work with me, great. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you know that's fine. <laughs> and, and the book uses the analogy of two things that I've always used was. Just because a patient doesn't come see you does not mean mean can I give them um, good service. Mm. And so to me, the idea of good service is someone calls me and they're like, I'm blending out on the side of the road. I'm like, all right, you know, call, hang up, call 911, and, and that's that's good service. You don't have to have every, every patient or every potential patient that calls come in to see you. Mm-hmm. I think in the book, it used the analogy of, you know, if someone goes to Best Buy and they say, I want to buy this TV, um, and they say, we don't have it here, a lot of stores won't tell you where to go get it, you know, even though they know. They say, right. they say, oh, I don't know where you can go find it. We, I just, <laughs> we don't have it here. And it's like, good service would mean, hey, go over to um, ABC Warehouse or go to another um, store. And that's and that's where you can find it. And mm-hmm. so I 
a lot of phone calls that come in. I do give people their 10 minute counsel. Um, I talk with them about um, what they're looking for and how, how I can be of service. And if I can't best serve them, I, I say, hey, um, you know, this is another place that I might be able to help you more. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it sounds like you, you really built your practice on that model of, you know, just, just providing good service, which I mean, you can't really go wrong with, <laughs> with that, right? Well, good service. And then the other, the other, the other example from the book was mm-hmm. a lighthouse. Um, mm-hmm. And it said, you know, you don't run up and down the shore trying to attract every ship. Mm-hmm. Um, you just stand steady where you are and the people who need you, will, you know, will come. And so again, I, you know, I, I try to um, present who I am, what I have to offer. And then if that's what you're looking for, great. Uh, but I try not to, you know, what's the latest and the greatest and let patient demand and dictate, you know, how I practice. Hmm. That's a really good point. Cause I do feel like it's easy to get caught up on new equipment or new diagnostic tools or new, you know, therapies. there's always going to be, yeah, there's always going to be more. And that's one of the things that I love about naturopathic medicine is if you, you can always come back to the basics, right? Like there's always something that we can do within the basics that will help to move people towards health and, and so if you get lost, you can always come back, right? Um, but I think it is easy from a business point of view, you know, I, I, I hear colleagues pretty often, you know, just trying to think of like, oh, well, I heard of this, this thing. And I think I'm going to, you know, spend some time and, and learn about this. And um, I know for me, you, you said that you have a psychology background. And that's something that I really enjoy is more of the counseling side of things. And so I, I find myself like, oh, should I go back? And should I get, you know, a master's degree? Or should I get, you know, a clinical? And so um, even for myself, I'm always thinking about like, oh, there's always more, there's always more, um, which, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing. But there's, there's sometimes when it can take us away from um, just providing good quality and like standing in what you know um, and kind of mastering that uh, first. <laughs> yeah. um, so those were my, my, my big two guiding um, principles. And again, yeah, even how I how how those manifest has changed over time. Mm-hmm. Because I do, I do take business classes every now and then. You know, I, I took like um, uh, accounting classes early on, like a QuickBooks class, and then I took, I've taken a few business classes just because I had no background or experience um, in that realm, and and I thought it would be foolish to just keep, you know, trying to build a practice without having a better understanding of, of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to go. And I, I encourage people to, to do that as well. When you're, if you're, you know, if you're wanting to start your own practice, then yeah, that's a business. So (laughs) you're, you're a small business owner, first, second, and third, you know, like a clinician, you know, fourth. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So what are some other tips um, for, you know, some things that some other things that you've learned along the way when it comes to building your practice that you found to be really helpful. Well, well, all those phone calls earlier on when I 
talk with people and gave them good service, mm-hmm. I, I've become a lot better at um, capturing the information mm. and then engage. Because earlier on, I might talk to you know 20 people in a week and only schedule three or four of them. Mm-hmm. And the other 17, there'd be no more contact with them again. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's difficult to not get frustrated and, and, and see um, that time as, as being a waste. But once I started collecting email addresses and, and sending out newsletters regularly, um, they might not come in today, but after they see a newsletter for a year, something might pop up or happen um, that, that they might need your services then, or they might have a family member or a loved one um, that needs your services in the future. And without that newsletter and that frequent um, contact, they won't remember who you are. They won't remember who that nice guy was that potentially, you know, referred them to a specialist that saved their lives. And, and so I do a much better job of that now. Uh, where every every contact, every email, everyone gets um, put into like a customer relationship management software mm-hmm. where, you know, there's notes and, you know, just capturing. I think some people call it like the, the cold, warm, and hot patient. You know, you yeah. have who's already spent money to come, to come in and then you have the warm people, the ones that you have um, talked with, um, but they might not have come in to become patients and then cold ones like the ones who don't even know you exist and so much time is spent on trying to get cold patients right cold potential patients to become patients that you forget about the warm ones and so you literally have contact with hundreds of people that don't come in um over over the years especially and i'm like all those need to be um I, at least um, email collected. Um, you have the phone number and the name usually at least, and then to be um, remarketed to, you know, every now and then. You say, hey, how's it going? Um, we talked three months ago. You weren't ready to come in at that time, or I, I referred you to a specialist, and we want to, you know, know how, how did that visit go? You know, are you still interested? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, lot of, and a lot of that the software is automated for me now. So it's not like I have to, when I first started, I used to have a um, note paper and have my dates and things were all handwritten. And, but now I talk with somebody, um, I tell them, hey, you need to go see a dermatologist to go look at that spot, you know, make sure it's not cancer. Um, and then I create an email to go out three months later that says, hey, how was your appointment with the dermatologist? Um, you know, how you're doing, you know, you still want to work on weight loss with me. And it and it's scheduled to sit on in three months. Oh, that's such a good idea. Um, to create that. And then yeah, now that we have all of this um automated, all of these automated options and like all of these scheduling options, you know, when you go on to an email, it asks, Do you want to do you want to send this now? Do you want to send it? at a different, at a later date. So that's a great idea to do it while, um, to do it while it's already top of mind. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing with new patients even, you know, I, I automate um, asking for a review, for reviews, I automate, you know, how they're going on, did you get your supplements? You know, did you start the treatment plan? Um, and I automate, 
um, several months out, you know, how's everything going? How has your experience been you know, working? And so that first visit, I might have four emails already geared up and ready to, to go out into the future. And, and that's where, to me, customer relationship management, I have to wave a magic wand and business practice could be changed at the schools. You know, I will, I will focus on accounting and the customer relationship management and not call it marketing. Right. Uh, because marketing is just so, you know, first off, it's costly. All that I'm talking about is free. You know, this, is, this isn't, this isn't, you know, paying someone to put your ad at the movie theater or, or you know, at, at dinner tables or paying, paying for, for Facebook ads. This is just um, taking people that you're taught with and teaching you how to manage um, your interactions with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it sounds like so far you've talked about um, for the discovery call, right? So you're collecting their email in order to set up the discovery call. Um, yeah. And then you're following through with them you, even you after. Them, do, you want, do you want to be on an email list? If they say no, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can still email them back three months out and say, hey, I referred you somewhere. How was that appointment? You know, how was that experience? Or just to say, hey, you know, how are you doing? Are you still having problems? Because the, the way I look at it is, I always call it the threshold for cash. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if your if your leg hurts a little bit, you might not be willing to pay cash and have you know the top of the napkin. Hmm. Uh, but then it might be at an eight or a nine, and all of a sudden you're willing to pay cash. Get them back down to a five or a six. Now they're not willing to pay cash. <laughs> but people and their willingness to come in to see you is a moving target. Hmm. And so even just checking in three months later to say, hey, how's that leg? You know, is it, is it still a problem? Um, they might be in a different position. Financially, they might be in a different position. Pain-wise, they might be in a different position. You know, they haven't slept the last week because of the leg. Yeah. So not reaching out again, you just lose that. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, especially with that 10-minute initial consult, you you spent, I mean, that's, if you if you had to monetize that, you basically just gave them, you know, 25 bucks free. Right. At the very least, I try to tap into it and, and, and optimize, you know, getting that referral from a, a loved one, a relative, sales two years later. I, I have people come in now that I talked to five years ago. And I know that because I've created the software. And so now, and not just I didn't create the software, but I have <laughs> the software. And I see like, oh, yeah, we talked in, you know, 2016. Um, and so, and, and, and so some people take that long. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the, you always hear about like the nurture sequence or, you know, having to like nurture your audience and, uh, keep up with them. Right. Um, yeah. and so, um, yeah. What are some other ways that you use email to maintain that relationship and kind of keep continuing to grow that relationship. So, so far discovery call. So you're following up with them, even if you don't um, connect with them, you know, you're asking if they want to be on your newsletter. And then you also mentioned following up with your current clients and, you know, asking them how, how are things going with the supplements or with, you know, the things that we've implemented, what are some other ways that you utilize email or maybe that you um, capture email 
is the term, you know, the term that they use. Um, automated as many places as possible. And so, you know, the website is automated. Um, and, and honestly, putting little things, I didn't think that at the beginning for some reason, just putting all that information at the bottom of all my emails. Mm. You know, people you talk to, and you send an email, and they might have a quote at the bottom of your name or something. But I try to do at the bottom of all my emails, there's, you know, do you want to schedule an appointment? You know, do you need to refill your supplements? Um, do you want to sign up for the email list? Like all those things are automated. And so in, in, every, in any email that I send out, whether they're a patient or not, I mean, it could be a personal, that information is still there. Um, because you never know where people are going to find you. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think that um, some people have their favorite sources, and, you know, and I get that. Uh, but I just try to, again, I cast that wide net, um, try to just be that, that lighthouse. And, and if you're looking for a lighthouse, hopefully you can find it. Mm. And so I used to, people used to come in and go, oh, I've been looking for a natural path. And I always, I, didn't, I wouldn't take offense, but I go, wait a minute, how hard were you looking at? And, what <laughs> you, and then you kind of check themselves at that code, go, well, uh, I asked my friend if they know one, and like, because I'm like, if you if you're looking for a natural, you can't find me. I want to know where you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because then you're like, well, where should I? Where else do I need to be? <laughs> if they're actually looking, um, but I think that's that's another good point because sometimes, um, pe yeah, people prefer word of mouth though. Some you know they want to they want to hear about someone. And that's where I, I had to learn to, to, to tell patients that I wanted more patients. Oh, yeah. Because you get, you know, usually when you go to your, your family doctor, they don't say, please, do you know anyone else that, you know, anyone else I can use my services? You kind of just go see them and you leave and that's it. But I, I make sure all my patients know. And again, they go right into the newsletter and, and, and into the emails. Um, when I do the review request, I say, hey, do you have any friends um, that might be interested in my services? Mm -hmm. So I, again, all that stuff is automated. Where I don't have to think about it each time I send an email or talk to someone. Um, the, the, the snippets or the, the formatting is already there. And so, so what do you what do you use to set up all of those automations? What it's still, um, it's still, That's still within my customer relationship management. Um, software. And so because it's free, I had a limitation of five. And so I have to kind of choose my, um, you know, which five I use wisely. And so I, when I get a new patient, that's, that's an automated one. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I don't have to, you know, say, oh, thank you for trusting me to care for you. You know, here is my welcome letter. Here goes, all that stuff is automated. Um, but I also have the automated the review request, and then I and then I make it as easy as possible. Because earlier on, people, oh, I want to send you, I'm going to write a nice review for you, and you never know where they're going to write it. And so now I focus more on pushing people in the direction of where I want them to to go. And so I say, you know, send me a re write me a review, and I give them, um, I think Google um, Health Grade and. It was Facebook. I think Facebook is getting away from reviews. I might need to revisit that. And, <laughs> and, 
And all it is is one click, and then it, it pops up, and it's they don't have to do anything but just you know type in. And submit. Mm, yep. So make it as easy for them <laughs> to. But, otherwise, you don't know where they're going to do your review, and that might pop up in right. Yelp, and it's like I don't know how many pages I really get from Yelp. Mm. Uh, pop up on you know I think I got one on Rate MD. It's like okay, so I'm, I have one review there in the last ten years, while mm. other. I might have 40 or 50 um, kind of gathered together. That's that's a good idea as well. Um, yeah, what CRM do you prefer to use? Like what's been helping for you? Have you tried different types or have you? I, I have not. I, you know, I, the most popular one, um, so I, they're not geared towards positions hmm. um, is one problem. Yeah. Uh, but I, I use, and I can give you an example, I just, um, I went to, I talked to customer service at one company. I won't name any names. Okay. Every time I talk to them, they have no records of previous conversations. And so it's like, every time I call in, it's like starting a new, like yeah. three days ago. Oh, you have to see you call. Well, do you see what we talked about? Yeah. No, I can't see that. Um, and so it was very frustrating dealing with that company. While company B, every time I call them, they have all the notes from all the previous conversations. And, and so, you know, I use this, that same type of software. So I, I use um, HubSpot um, and, and I've automated some other things um, so that my emails is, are connected to there. When I get a phone call, the note goes into there as well. And so it's kind of a one-stop shop where I can kind of see everything. What did you say it was called? H-U-B, Hub, and then Spot, S-P-O-T. Oh, okay. I think I've heard that. That, that one's free for the CRM part, you know, with limitations on some of the uses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other program that that um, I recommend for, for any small business owner is Zapier. Oh, I've heard of that too. That just, that links software. That's all it does. So you don't have to have any coding background. Mm-hmm. So if you have um, a website where you're collecting emails and phone numbers and, and names, you can automatically link that to another software. So that way you're not entering data, you know, five different places. So I don't know if you, I don't know if you have to enter data a lot, but we, for, for me, normally I, I don't have to type in names or things anymore. Usually it's automated. And yeah. I'll, Zapier kicks it to five different places. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, and and I'll do a little affiliate shout out because I do have an affiliate link with Flowdesk, which I will put okay. in the description. <laughs> yeah, I like I I really like it. It's really um because I've used a couple other systems and it just it's aesthetically pleasing. It's like easy to kind of piece things together and to keep a nice, um, a nice, like you can create nurture sequences and all of that stuff, which I think, I think most CRMs can do. It's just pretty user friendly. And I think they're still in the beta round of it. So it's still, um, pretty affordable. Have you heard of Zapier? I've heard of Zapier. Yeah. I haven't, um, I haven't gotten that far yet though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To, to, (laughs) 
clients because you, you can link it from QuickBooks to your scheduling software to, you know, whatever. And so it's just nice to be able to, to automatically have a name pop up multiple places without having to re-enter. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to look into that because that will, um, it sounds like um, Zapier will help kind of keep everything connected. Okay. Yeah. Any other, any other emailing tips? So we've, we've talked about, you know, setting up those automations, those follow-ups with uh, your discovery calls with your new patients with, you know, uh, maybe people who haven't been in for a while um, setting up. How, how often do you do your newsletters? So I, I pay the house one do the newsletter oh. just monthly, a monthly newsletter. Um, and that list help again it's both people um, mm -hmm. your brain um, repeatedly so that every month they're just giving something and, and honestly a lot of patients like that because they kind of say well you know this doctor thinks like I do or they're what I'm looking for yeah um, otherwise uh, what a naturopathic physician is you can ask 10 different people right to different things but if they see that your newsletter that you know you talked about um, supporting um, Hashimoto's or or eating a, a certain type of diet or the part of exercise for mental health and they weren't able to talk with their healthcare providers about those things, then they go, oh, all right, well this is you know this is where I can get that that type of support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that, and I I also love that you mentioned that you have someone else help you with that because I think that's yeah. another important thing is, you know, um, I know starting out it's not easy because you know I'm I'm in that process as well, um, but I do plan on hiring people to help me do these things yeah. because you know if you're trying to do everything then my in my rule. From the beginning was try everything yourself and then decide what you want to pay for. Yep. And so a lot of things I don't mind doing myself. And then mm -hmm. I like, I'm gonna pay somebody. Yes. And I, I happily pay them. It's not like I pay them and I wonder where the money's going yeah. or how much it, it should cost. Like I know that that's like the best money can like take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I've also heard, you know, my, my business coach, she always says, um, you know, if you're making this amount of money, uh, an hour, and, but you're, you're spending an hour doing something that might cost, you know, $20 compared to 200 or, yeah. you know, some people are like $500 an hour, <laughs> you know, if you're spending your, your hour doing something that might make you $20 an hour, then that's something, you know, to send out to someone else to do it, right? <laughs> Your time is money. You know, you know and speaking, like this isn't really um, email marketing, but just having a social media presence. Mm -hmm. Whenever I usually I talk to students, um, I always tell them start, I said, start now. You know, why not, why wait until you graduate and then have a, a Facebook page or an Instagram that just has, you know, three articles on it. Um, Patients like to see a track record, and if, if they can scroll back and see that you had 100 posts in the past year, and they can kind of scroll through those and see what they're interested in the reading, uh, I think that's more helpful than just getting started and only having you know a couple articles here and there. 
And, and again, I, I, I automate that where I use Hootsuite and every time I see an article I like, I can just, you know, add it to my, um, to my Facebook um, timeline. Oh, okay. That's a good but idea too. Or if I have um, quote, um, peers that post articles that I like, I can, you know, and, and that's automated as far as it just go out the day after the, you know, the, the, the previous one in the queue. Mm -hmm. So like even now, I think I'm out like over a month for like articles. So I don't have to get up and like look or post. They automatically, they automatically come out um, one after another each day. Okay, so you set that up um, a month in advance. That's awesome. And it's- I, it, I just set it up as, as I see things. Right, okay. So I'm, I'm about a month out right now. Um, nice. <laughs> like if I go on vacation and I, and I get lazy with it, then you know, <laughs> I might notice that, oh, no article posted. And so then I just have to go and, you know, find four or five and, and, and restart the queue. Mm -hmm. And patients look forward to getting up, seeing that, again, all this is free for them. Right. Uh, it allows them to see your face, your name um, repeatedly. And Again, they, they come in and say, oh, I saw the article about um, leaky gut. And I asked my doctor about it. They said it was make-believe, but I think that I have, you know, some type of GI stuff going on that they haven't been in the Hmm. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm I, like, I'm thinking about students as well. Like while you're, while they're digesting the material, right. If they, if they come across something, even like a quick quote or a quick fact, you know, that could be a, that could be a quick post, you know, just put it yeah. into a, a quick post and share what you're learning. Um, that could be an easy way to kind of build the content of it, you know, just as you're, as you're learning. That's what I still do. You know, as I'm learning things, I'm constantly learning things. So as I learn, I'm digesting it. And then I'm, you know, sharing, sharing what I learned, because I think it's, it's fun for me too. <laughs> Any other tips for, especially for those that are in a pre-licensed state, any, anything else that uh, you found to be helpful for you um, with getting started? Um, pre-licensed state specifically? Yeah. I just, I tell people, uh, I, I, I'm pretty conservative when it comes to practicing, so I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not doing physical exams mm -hmm. or doing anything that could be misconstrued as practicing medicine without a license. Mm -hmm. And so, but when it comes to, I guess, marketing, I just make sure I, again, I, I want a mutual exchange. You know, people call me, um, talk with me, and a mutual exchange is my knowledge um, for their money, um, basically. And I, ideally, people, like I say, with paying for the newsletter, you know, money well spent, uh, ideally, people, after talking with them, screening them, and make sure I can meet their needs, um, there is money well spent to them um, to come in and see you. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, again, that, that gives them to come back and that gives them to refer um, family and loved ones. And it, it, after you get enough satisfied customers, you get, you'll start getting patients from you know, everywhere, not even knowing. Like, when I first started, I knew like, oh yeah, you must have sent by, you know, Cindy. But now it's like I don't you know. <laughs> oh, my dad, my church, you help them, or you help your son, or you help. And it's like, oh, okay, great. 
Aw, so you created a big network then. Yeah, but all that all that just takes time and persistence. Mm-hmm. You know, not to not to be discouraged. Um and, and yeah, persistence. And so overall, just kind of as like, you know, how has your experience been being in a pre-licensed state? Because like I said, some people, you know, they're hesitant about, you know, maybe they um, are from a pre-licensed state and they're hesitant about moving back home. Um, How, how has your experience been? Do you feel like it's, um, do you feel like it's been limiting at all? Or do you feel like it's maybe actually helped you? in some ways, you know, as far as like, um, actually working with your, your clients goes? Yeah. So I mean, to me, the, the, the big drawback is that if I need to, if I want to give a physical exam, mm. something along those lines, I can't. Um, I always wonder, uh, financially, if it's, if it's better to do the cash practice or to go through, um, oh. insurance. Mm-hmm. Than, talk to people usually they say the cash is probably still a better option i see people they pay you know it's over with i don't have to hire a biller and deal with um insurance covering or not covering certain things um michigan has been has been much better than i anticipated well i mean if you want to do um do public exams and do you know physical head to toe right by all means you know you have to go to a, a licensed state Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I've been able to practice the way that I, that I envision, other than, you know, some of the physical um, medicine. Yeah. Um, but, but that's, you know, that's fine. I still, I, I ask them, do you have a physical therapist that you've seen or a chiropractor that you've seen that you like and trust? And, you know, you might need to have people put their hands on and, and check your ranges of motion and, you know, see what hurts and, you know, potentially get imaging done. And again, just having that conversation with patients is therapeutic um, and it kind of gives them a plan um, moving forward as opposed to just being in pain, not knowing what to do, not knowing what to do about it. Right. Yeah. And so, and it, and I think having those relationships with those other providers um, can only help you as well, right? Because then you can consult with them too if they have cases where they need a little help on, um, you know, when it comes to, to our strengths as yeah. well. So <laughs> I do get some practitioners in the community sending me patients now. I have not, so this is where um, I have not done a great job of cultivating all of those relationships. Um, I know, you know, to me, you know, one of, one of the, the things that's not attracting the perfect patient again is they always said, be true to yourself. And I'm more of an introvert. Mm. So when I first got started, I was all about search engine optimization and making sure there's a web presence and, you know, Googling different terms to see, you know, what keywords were important and, and so forth. Um, and so I spent much more of my time there. I have colleagues and friends who pound the pavement. Right. Like door to door looking for, um, you know, other practitioners to collaborate with. And so, the, and, and so both methods um, are doable, but just me pounding the payment, that wasn't, you know, that, that wasn't me personally. <laughs> that's, um, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that's important to recognize that there's different, you know, depending on what you're comfortable with, 
um, you know, that use your strength to your, uh, as a strength, right? Like, uh, utilize that if you're, if you're strong with learning about SEO and, and how to, um, improve your email, um, building relationships that way, it sounds like you've done a great job, you know, um, honing in that strength. And then for others, I, I, yes, I have some colleagues as well who they're, they love speaking. They love, um, building those, you know, relationships in that way. And other people, they're like, no, I am not going to be speaking in front of them. (laughs) I don't, I don't mind public speaking. And so, and, you know, and now I actually collect emails and things. Like, again, initially, I didn't, I just had some business cards out front. I would talk, they would clap, and then they would leave. And now <laughs> I'm doing, like, raffles to get people to sign up for the emailing list. And, oh. Um, and doing, and so, so, yeah, you just have to be true to yourself and, again, not try to um, just chase the latest marketing method. Um, for me, I just I try to make sure I'm findable um, and then provide the service and, yeah. And make sure it's a mutual exchange. Wonderful. And so before I ask my last question here, um, well, first of all, is there anything else that you would like to just make sure that, again, our, our naturopathic, our fellow naturopathic doctors and students are aware of when it comes to either uh, nurturing their audience or, um, or working in a pre-licensed state? Um, well, I guess one, this is, off topic a little bit, but still on topic. <laughs> going back to that whole, you're a business owner for second and third. I, I also had to learn that not only am I a business owner, but I'm the I'm the chief mm-hmm. officer. And so, you know, that's a lot of problem solving involved. And sometimes earlier on, I would put things off, but if you put things off and wait a month, they're still going to be there because you're the because you're the, the buck stops with you. Mm. And, and so I just make sure I, I make executive decisions quickly. And if I need to change, I change. You know, um, some things work out well the first time. HubSpot works well for me um, for software. So I haven't changed yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm on like my fifth phone you know, carrier. I'm on like the fourth um, scheduling um, software. And so other things um, are, are, are changing because I just, you know, it, it's not working out. And after working with the software for a year or two, I have a better idea of the limitations and has the things that I might I may need. And so I make I make those changes. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a great tip to to remember that we are the we are the CEO or the clinician where <laughs> all of those things. Yeah. No afraid to make the wrong decision because you could you could sit back and and not open your practice because you're trying to get the perfect website mm. perfect name or there's always these these things that are act as, as roadblocks mm. and i'm just like you know sometimes you gotta push the boat away from the dock you learn how to sail you know on the ocean as opposed to just sitting there reading books about what to do next mm. Yep, progress, not perfection, right? <laughs> a website's a living document, I always say, you know, and that's changed dramatically um, over the last eight years. Um, and yeah, things are always in flux. 
and, that, and that's fine. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah no, I think that's how it's. Best, you know, and see, you know, if flow dance might be a better option for me because HubSpot's not perfect. Like I said, it's free. So that always helps me out mm -hmm. uh, when something's free. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it integrates well because it's a popular software. So it integrates well with other with the software. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's just a sign of growth, right? Like if you're if you're okay and you're comfortable with understanding that you know this isn't going to be permanent. Like I'm going to continue to things will continue to fluctuate as I learn and as I grow and as things change and evolve. You don't want to be blockbuster <laughs> and not change. <laughs> you don't want to end up like blockbuster. Sorry, blockbuster. <laughs> They turned down Netflix. They said streaming, streaming media. What is streaming? <laughs> yeah, so don't be blockbuster. <laughs> um, okay. And so where can people kind of find you to to learn more? And you know, maybe if they have some questions, if you're open to that, where can people connect with you? Oh, my, my my website, um, if you want more information about me, it's just um, naturopathic.doctor. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> um, and that's, people always say, is that .com afterward? No, nope, it's, uh, it's naturopathic and .doctor. Or you can email me um, at drnicholasmorgan at gmail.com. That's just B-R, there's no periods or anything inside. Wonderful. And so my last question is, what keeps you inspired in naturopathic medicine? I just I enjoy what I do. You know, I didn't um, I didn't go right into the profession right out of undergrad. I actually took my time and you know, and like I said, I investigated the field and made sure I knew what I was getting into. And so I like the eclectic nature of it. You know, one day if I don't uh, feel like doing one thing, I can focus on another. You know, I can focus on website um, today and tomorrow. I can focus on accounting. And there's always something different for me to do. Yes, that's one of uh, the things I love about it, too. I always say I'm never I will never get bored in this profession because there's always something to learn. There's always more to learn, uh, you know, whether it's philosophy or whether it's um, the actual you know, learning more about nature cure or, you know, getting into the history or getting into environmental medicine, or there's just always something, there's just always something to learn. <laughs> Different rabbit holes to go down. Yes, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. You will never get bored in this profession. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Nicholas. You have provided us so much great information. I'm over here taking notes on <laughs> how I can improve my uh, my customer relationship management. And I think uh, so many people will will get a lot out of this as well. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Great talking. All right. And thank you all for watching and listening. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to help keep the inspiration going. And as always, be well and stay inspired. Mm -hmm.